Welcome to episode number three of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. Today's episode feels just a little bit vulnerable and a little bit heavy. Today we're going to be talking about diet culture, body image, being a plus size entrepreneur, and really how diet culture and body image have infiltrated into the online business coaching space in particular. Now, I have sat down to record this episode at least eight times. (laughs) As I said, it feels vulnerable and heavy, and I keep feeling a little bit stuck. So in this episode, we are going to be uncovering some conversation around diet culture and the system of diet culture, how it has trickled down into the online business space, how it impacts us as business owners and content creators. I'm also going to be sharing with you some ways in which various industries and niches can be focusing on being more inclusive of size and stop using weight and body image as a marketing ploy. This is a bigger conversation that needs to happen across many different many different avenues. In coming episodes, I'm going to be discussing other areas that need that we need to focus on. I'm going to be bringing in some friends, some experts to talk about this. But today I want to focus on body image and diet culture because this is something that I can talk on. This is something that I have both lived through, I have worked through, and I still experience at the moment. So I want to just preface this episode by saying if you listen and you feel the need to send me some kind of message or email offering me diet advice, health advice, weight advice, I don't know, something like that, because you're concerned by my health, I want to ask you to not do that. I want to explain to you that this is not the point of today's episode. Today's episode is not about diet advice, weight advice, or any version of that. It is a bigger conversation that needs to be had. On the other hand, if you are listening to this and you're like, yeah, this is something that you feel strongly about. This is something that you feel that you need support with. Reach out. I'm here for you. Okay, let's do this. You're listening to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, a podcast for creatives, introverts, empaths, and spiritual folks who want to grow a sustainable and impactful business on their own terms. Together, we are paving the way for a new normal in online marketing and business, one that allows you to lean into what makes you and your business unique. And I'm your host, Melanie Knights, storyteller, Pinterest strategist, visibility coach, and CEO of Content Alchemy Marketing, a non-traditional marketing agency for creative business owners who don't want to compromise their creative integrity to make money. Get ready because each week we're having the messy, honest, and transparent conversations about entrepreneurship, the kind that's missing from the highlight reels of our social media feeds. And you'll learn how to create intention and connection behind your content marketing so that you can sell without selling out. We're uncovering the real stories behind what it takes to run a sustainable online business, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Ready to break the rules and become an entrepreneurial outlaw? Let's do this. I think it's important for me to start this episode by 
answering the question, who the hell am I to be having this conversation with you? So I have spent most of my 33 years on this planet focused on my body image in some way, trying to take up less space, dieting, weight loss, abusing my body. Um, yeah, most of my life has been spent really immersed in diet culture from a very young age, probably around the age of 11. That's when I remember one of my first diets, but there's a good chance it was before that. Even as an adult, even after I started my own health and fitness business back in 2016, gained a number of qualifications from Metabolic Effect and coached other women, I still struggle. I still struggle with the few choices I make. I still struggle with being consistent in certain areas of my fitness. It's not because I don't think about it. It's not because I don't care. Not because I don't want to live my a very, very long life. I feel like it's always going to be something I have to give more attention to. So that is a very shortened version <laughs> of who I am and why I should be having this conversation with you. If you want to hear the longer conversation, let me know. We can maybe do a full episode on that. But really what I want to focus on today is what I see more often now. I'm no longer in the health and fitness space. I run a content marketing agency. And yet I don't see a whole lot of people, in particular women, who look like me in the online business space. I maybe follow 10 people on Instagram who have bodies that are either similar to mine or look like mine. Some of them have businesses, some of them are influencers. But what's interesting to me is it's the minority. I don't see that many people who look like me in the online business space. I don't see that many plus size people. And the reason this interests me is because my business came from my own personal weight loss journey. My business came from a weight loss journey that led to me gaining qualifications in the health and fitness space. I became a personal trainer. I worked in a gym. All of that time I did that as a quote plus size trainer. I did not look the part. I did not have six pack or ripped abs. But I sometimes wonder whether I would be running my own business now if I had not been through that weight loss journey. And that bothers me. In fact, it really pisses me off. It pisses me off because if I hadn't lost weight, would I have held myself back because I needed to be thin to be worthy and successful? Would I have held myself back? Would, would cultural norms have held me back because you can only be successful if you look a certain way? Because that's so much of what we see. And it's not just related to weight or body image, but that's what we want to highlight. I want to highlight today. That's what I want to focus on today. You see, diet culture is a system, right? It is a ridiculously big system 
it is a system that has become a feminist issue because 10 of the top diets were created by men. 10 of the top diets were created by men. And while some of those diets were initially created to actually help manage or prevent certain diseases, they have been popularized by the diet culture and have become part of our everyday language. When we use the word diet, we think about somebody who potentially wants to lose weight when that is not what that word means. When we think about the word fat, many of you may feel this need to panic. No, 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 we can't, we can't use that word because it's used as an insult. And yet the word itself is not an insult. And there are many, many people out there who actually prefer the term fat. It was first time I ever heard this was on a podcast um, of It's American Life. A friend had sent me this episode and it was all about coming out as fat. Lindy West, I will add a link to her in the show notes, had written this book called Shrill. And she had referenced the journey of her career and how she had been treated differently in her corporate job because of her size. And not only that, how people who she worked with would make fat jokes, would make comments, never at her, but in front of her, as if they couldn't see how she looked. And so she introduced this idea of coming out as fat. It's like this conversation that we have to have with people because even though you can see us and we are in front of you, it's something we ignore. It's something we avoid. We can't bring it up. It's really interesting. It's fascinating. I'm going to link to the episode in the show notes, but this idea of coming out as fat, this idea that fat people don't don't care about their health, that if somebody who is doesn't already look like they should be in a gym, that they must be there to lose weight. That is something I used to get a lot when I worked in the gym. Because even though I worked in a gym and trained, and I could teach a spin class whilst still breathing and shouting at my students in the class, I wasn't really thin. I was still plus-sized. And even though I trained multiple days a week, my body was still what it was. And there became a point where I suddenly started to, I suddenly started to accept myself a little bit more. This was not me accepting a lack of health. This was not me saying, hey, who gives a shit? This was me saying to myself, you know what? I've spent most of my life in a body that is at least a size 16. And if I'm going to spend the rest of my life in this body at this size, I really need to learn how to fucking love it. I really need to learn how to love this body. And sure, I can make good health choices, good food choices. Sure, I can 
be more consistent with certain areas of my health. However, I really need to love the body that I have because otherwise this is going to be a really, 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 really boring life. Spending my entire life focused on my weight. Because here's the thing, when we are focused on our weight, when we are focused on our size, when we are solely focused on our appearance, but and I'm talking about when it becomes obsessive, when we are focused on those things, we are not making impact. We're not standing in our power. We are giving our power away. When we are focused on size of our body, making it smaller, taking up less space, and that is our primary concern, then we are giving away our power to the diet industry, to the system that has been created to prevent us from doing really big things. It is no surprise to me that I do not come across hundreds of people who look like me in the online space on a daily basis or a weekly basis or even a yearly basis. It doesn't surprise me because people who have body like me have been told that we do not belong. And the problem is this has been dripped down into the online business space, specifically online business coaching. Because so much of the online business coaching space They have adopted this body positivity and size inclusive, and I use air quotes, authentic marketing. This place where the size of your body impacts whether or not you should run an online business, the size of your body impacts whether or not you should be paid, the size of your body impacts whether or not you are safe here, whether you're included, whether you're welcome. The size of my body is the least interesting thing about me. The size of my body doesn't impact how well I do my job. The size of my body doesn't make any fucking difference because the skills I have, how hard I work, that's not because of my body, that's because of who I am. And the online business space, the online business coaching space has taken something created for plus-sized people and somehow made it straight-sized. Straight-sized being a size that isn't plus-size. And this is a term I only came across recently as I have done more and more research into this, as I've tried to look for more people who have bodies like mine. It's been fascinating. Again, I'm going to list a whole, I'm going to list all of my favorites in the show notes. But as I have done more and more research, I have realized that the online business space has primarily been built on thinness. There's a lot of cookie cutter coaching out there and it is built on being white, thin, and privileged. And This is such an interesting, this is such an interesting avenue because when you are not 
thin. It feels as though you don't have a space here. When marketing is targeted towards thin white people, if you don't fall into that category, if you are black, if you are indigenous, if you are a person of color, if you're from the LGBTQ community, it doesn't feel like you have a space here. There are, there are so many incredible businesses out there, so many incredible coaches and consultants and strategists doing amazing things. And they're doing things in a way that's not disgusting. They're doing things in a way that is not spammy or they're not trying to bully people into buying from them. And because of that, they're not, they just don't get seen as much, but they're doing things the right way. So I wanted to talk about a few of the things that we can all be doing to be more size inclusive. And as I said, this is a bigger conversation. This is a big, big conversation. I'm opening up the dialogue. I'm going to be bringing in other people to have this conversation with as well, because I can only really talk around what I have lived through. One of the first and simplest things we can do as business owners is think about the images we use. Think about the photography we take or use. Because again, it's not very inclusive. It's not diverse in any way. I'm going to link to a few of the stock photography sites who actually do use models of different sizes Stock photography sites actually include black women and women of color in their stock photography. Another thing to think about, especially if you are a product-based business owner, a designer, something like that, is the models that you are using in your business. Are you just choosing models because of their certain size? Are you choosing them because they are aesthetically pleasing for your Instagram feed? Or are you actually being inclusive, especially if you carry bigger sizes, right? Especially if you carry bigger sizes, don't make us this thing that you hide in your sizes. It really, really annoys me when I have to go hunting for the plus size, the curvy, whatever it is section. And also if you don't carry bigger sizes, why not? Think about the sizing you carry for your merchandise. Think about who you affiliate with. Did they are they inclusive? How many times I have had companies approach me for affiliate deals, for ambassador deals. And when I look at their Instagram feed, I'm like, did you even look at my picture? <laughs> did you even consider the fact that I may not be the same size as who you currently use? And on what planet do you think I'm going to fit in to your sizing? Do your research. Do your research of both who you reach out to, but also the companies that approach you. If you are trying to build a business that is fully inclusive, and that includes size inclusivity, does that company actually include sizes that you can fit into? Does it actually include sizes that your entire audience could fit into? If not, think about it, consider it. The next thing is language. 
I get it. I get it. It's really hard. You don't want to call us fat. I know that. Makes me kind of cringe too, (laughs) because we have been taught to fear that word. But please, please do not call me plus size. Please do not describe me as plus size or curvy or big boned or bigger bodied or whatever it is. Because as I said earlier, my body and my size is like the least interesting thing about me. And there's no need to describe me in that way. You can find something else to describe me as. And if you are in the direct marketing or MLM industry, please stop using fat people as your marketing ploy. In the last couple of months, I have probably had a dozen messages from women who have taken a look at my feed and just wanted to send me a message and they loved my look and they loved my style and they thought I'd be such a good match for what they did. Would I be willing to, I I don't, I think it's Arbon. I'm just going to call out. I think it's Arbon. I'm guessing they have like some big webinar thing they're doing right now. And I've probably had a dozen messages from people asking me if I would just check it out, even though I'm not interested. Would I just check it out? Would I give up an hour of my time? No, I will not. Um, And when I really dig deep, I'm like, why did you choose me? Because yeah, sure, the things you just complimented me on are true. However, was it because of my size? Because many of these companies are diet and weight loss companies disguising themselves as health and wellness. And don't assume that every plus size person wants to lose weight. Don't assume that because we're at a gym, we're working out, we're going for a run, that we must need to lose weight or that we want to lose weight. Don't assume that because we order a salad that it's because we're trying to be healthy or on a diet. Don't assume that's why we work out because that's not our story and that's not everyone's story. And finally, one of the biggest things that I really want to encourage, especially those of you who might be in the health and wellness space, coaches, entrepreneurs, please stop using weight loss trauma and diet trauma and body image trauma as a marketing tactic. Please stop using that as your copy for your sales page. Anyone who has spent their life trying to lose weight or on a diet, especially those who have had a large amount of weight to lose. They don't need to be guilted or shamed or bullied into changing their health. They need support. They need to know that they are not alone. And so I encourage anyone listening who has potentially used that kind of language in the past to build out their sales pages, their sales copy. Take a second to review it. Take a second to look back. See where maybe you are highlighting someone's trauma and diet trauma and remove it. 
It's that simple. You do not need to prey on somebody's diet trauma or body image trauma to sell. If you are really great at what you do, then you should be able to help people, guide them, make better decisions for themselves. Because here's what I learned from my own experience in the health and wellness space as a coach. You can't get other people results. Actually, this goes across the board, no matter which If you're a coach of any kind, you cannot guarantee your clients' results. And it is not your fault if they don't get results, but it is your fault if you promise them results. And knowing that you can't do that, right? It's your fault if you market and promise somebody to get a certain result, knowing full well that's not possible because it's not possible. It's not possible to guarantee somebody a certain amount of weight loss. Sure, you might have some amazing program that usually people lose X amount of pounds or X amount of inches or whatever it might be. But being able to guide someone to a place where they can unpack their diet trauma, where they can actually heal from that, is way more powerful. And that is actually sustainable, right? Understanding why you feel the need to lose weight, why you feel the need to be smaller, take up less space. That is so much more powerful long-term and is going to help them in all areas of their life, not just about their body. So, Please stop using weight loss trauma as a marketing ploy and instead think about how you can really help your clients, support them. It may not be as sexy. It may not feel as fun. It may not look as peppy and as good on the sales page, but it is much more ethical. And if you're here listening to this, it's because you want to build a business that is impactful and ethical and aligned with who you are. So I feel like we kind of went down a whole host of routes today with this story. I wasn't really sure where it was going. I knew there was lots of things I wanted to talk about, things I wanted to highlight. And as I said, over the coming weeks and months, I'm going to be bringing other people in to have these conversations with me because this doesn't stop here. This is a big conversation. I want to bring in other experts. I want to bring in people who have also lived through this kind of trauma. And I want to open up the conversation around other areas of diversity and inclusivity in the online business space. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that it has maybe given you some ideas of how you can adjust your marketing whether you're in the health and wellness space or not, how you can consider the language you use and the way you think about people who don't have the same sized body as you. And also how you can maybe think about your own health and diet and maybe thinking about how much focus you are giving to something and how much it's taking you away from standing in your power and making a bigger impact. So I want to thank you for showing up today. Thank you for listening in. 
And next week's episode, well, we're going to kind of carry on on one of the themes here today. We're going to be talking about what I like to call the rise of the bullshit business coaching. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking all about the no like and trust factor or really how the no like and trust factor really is no more after 2020 and what we should be doing instead to build a relationship and a connection with our audience. So stay tuned. That's coming up next week. And uh, until next time, Outlaws, I hope you have an incredible week. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. If you see yourself as an entrepreneurial outlaw and enjoyed this episode, would you do me a small favor? It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. By leaving a review, you are helping me to grow our outlaw community and together we can show other entrepreneurs that breaking the rules can actually be good for business. Don't forget, you can find the show notes for today's episode along with any of the links that I mentioned on my website at melanienights.com forward slash podcast. And if we're not already virtual besties, you can come and hang out with me on Instagram. I am the one with the country music playing, the lukewarm coffee in my hand, and I'm dishing the dough on how we can make entrepreneurship more inclusive and transparent. Plus, I'll probably send you some fun gifts. So until next time, outlaws, 